0: buckle up folks it's time to break down the buffalo bills week one opponent the challenges they present and what the bills need to do to deal with them today on locked on bills you are locked on bills your daily buffalo bills podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day or wherever you listen to podcasts, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash On NFL and use code On NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Well, folks, welcome in. Very excited to break down the Bills' first game of the season and If you've been listening to this podcast over the years, you know exactly what's about to happen. If you're new this year, welcome, and I'm excited for you to see how we prepare for an upcoming Bills game. So let's get into it. The Buffalo Bills, they're on the road in week one to face the New York Jets. The game will be played on Monday, September 11th at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. The game will be played or broadcasted on ESPN. Joe Buck is on the play-by-play. Troy Aikman is the game analyst. Lisa Salters is the sideline reporter. Including the postseason, this will be the 126th all-time meeting between the Bills and Jets. and The Bills hold a 68-57 and 57 all-time record against the Jets. Now, the Bills have won five of the last six against the Jets. They've had some very good recent success. But the Jets did collect their first win against the Bills last year since 2019. And of course, when you talk about even recent history between the Bills and Jets, I'm not sure how much any of that matters given the addition of Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, who completely changes the dynamics of that football team. The head coach of the New York Jets is Robert Sala, 44 years old. He's entering his third season as the Jets' head coach. His first year was 2021. They were four and 13, and then in 2022, his second season, they improved to seven and 10. But his mark across two seasons is 11 and 23. Prior to becoming the Jets head coach, he was the 49ers defensive coordinator from 2017 through 2020. And when it comes to head-to-head matchups against the Bills and Sean McDermott, Sean McDermott has won three out of four matchups to this point against the. New York Jets, coached by Robert Sala, quarterback of the New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers, thirty-nine years old, he turns forty in December, six foot two, two hundred and twenty-five pounds, was the number twenty-four overall pick in two thousand five, out of Cal by the Green Bay Packers. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, a future first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greats at the position. Now, obviously, this is his first season with the Jets after 18 years in Green Bay, where he was a four-time NFL MVP, including 2020 and 2021. The Packers had a great record with him, 147, 75-1 as the starting quarterback. They won the Super Bowl in 2010 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's had a ton of success. Now, in previewing the Bills' opposing quarterback, I normally run through a bunch of data and splits, but this is obviously a unique situation with this being Aaron Rodgers' first game as the Jets' quarterback, and of course, it's week one of the season. But I don't want to get into stats and splits. I do want to get into some of the dynamics that I think are important as we forecast Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. Now, like I mentioned, he turns 40 in December, and he's coming off his worst season. That's not a hot take. That's just the truth. I know that there's going to be some Jets fans that listen to this episode and are going to be very eager to push back on anything negative that I say about the Jets. I'm fully aware of that. But he's coming off objectively his worst season, and things got bumpy at the end there in Green Bay. The drama over the last couple of off seasons, was he going to retire? Was he going to force a trade, right? It was a weird situation. And when you look at his production, his last season, you're going to see just all-time bad marks relative to Aaron Rodgers. In 2022, his passer rating was 91.1. His career passer rating is 103.6. He threw 12 interceptions last year. He had nine interceptions the previous two seasons combined. He averaged 217 passing yards per game. His career average is 256.8. I mean, the Packers were eight and nine in 2022 after three consecutive 13 and three seasons. Now, there's a lot of reasons for this. It wasn't that Aaron Rodgers just suddenly forgot how to play football at a high level. The weapons were not good. They lost Devonte Adams. And Aaron Rodgers is literally throwing the ball to a bunch of rookies in Alan Lazard. It wasn't a great situation. The offensive line was banged up all season long, and that offensive line had some holes to begin with. Now, we know Aaron Rodgers. He's a lot better than the quarterback that we watched last year. But you do have a, a player that is coming off his worst season at turns 40 in December. And we know Aaron Rodgers is a big trust guy. He has to trust what is around him, whether that's blocking or pass catchers. We all saw the viral clip of Miko Hardman yelling at the other Jets receivers and saying he's not going to throw you the ball if he doesn't trust you. Well, I think that's a big problem last year when he's throwing the ball to a bunch of rookies with protection that he doesn't trust. It didn't foster a great environment for Aaron Rodgers to play his best football. Meanwhile, I thought the Packers did a poor job of playing to their strengths offensively in 2022. They had this running back duo of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, that's one of the best in the league, And they didn't lean on that quite enough and put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands. And he didn't trust the protection. He didn't trust his weapons. Now, Aaron Rodgers certainly wasn't playing his best football. But I would also say that he didn't run the offense as it was intended to run, just due to that trust dynamic. So is it decline from Aaron Rodgers, or was it just a product of what was around him? We'll find that out, but I think he's going to be a good starter for the Jets, an excellent starter, perhaps. Now, one thing that has been a bit of a trend for Aaron Rodgers over the last two seasons has been some Week One stinkers. I mean, just bad performances. In 2021, reminds you this is an MVP season for Aaron Rodgers. Packers lost 38 to three to the Saints. Week one, Aaron Rodgers was 15 of 28 for 133 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, and a passer rating of 36.8. Last year, week one, a 23-8 to loss to the Vikings where Aaron Rodgers was 22 of 34 for 195 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception passer rating of 67.6. Now, he's had plenty of amazing week one performances, but the last two years have not been good. Now, what really, I think, helps Aaron Rodgers with this transition to the Jets is that he has a familiar offensive coordinator, which we are going to discuss next. We're going to get into the offensive coordinator, the weapons, the offensive line, and what I think the Bills need to do defensively to have success against the Jets' offense. But First, did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning such as stress hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health so take the first step to visibly thicker and healthier hair and for a limited time Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code locked on NFL find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men and enter promo code Locked On NFL. That's NutraFall.com slash men. Promo code On NFL. The offensive coordinator for the New York Jets is Nathaniel Hackett, 43 years old. It's his first season as the Jets offensive coordinator. Last year he was the head coach of the Denver Broncos, and that was a complete disaster in every imaginable way. I've watched a lot of NFL football throughout my life. I've never seen a team as poorly coached as that Broncos team. Just procedural issues, couldn't get play calls in. It was a total mess. He was fired after 15 games, and it was a complete joke. Some guys just aren't cut out to be head coaches. Some guys are just better coordinators. And I think that's the case with the Daniel Hackett because he's been a very successful NFL offensive coordinator with Aaron Rodgers. And so before he was Denver's head coach, he was the Packers offensive coordinator from 2019 through 2021, and they had a lot of success. The Packers in his first season in 2019 were 15th in scoring offense. Then in 2020, they were the number one scoring offense, which was, of course, an MVP season for Aaron Rodgers. And then in 2021, they were 10th in scoring uh, scoring offense. He also coordinated a top five scoring offense with the Jaguars in 2017, and you probably remember Nathaniel Hackett as the Bills' offensive coordinator in 20 was it 2013 and 2014? Yeah, 2013 and 2014, he was the Bills' offensive coordinator. That was a bumpy road, EJ Manuel, right? Doug Marone, uh, but he's he certainly found his footing and has had some success, particularly with Aaron Rodgers. Conceptually, Nathaniel Hackett uh, runs a timing-based West Coast-style passing game. The ball comes out pretty quick, timing-based routes. Aaron Rodgers, good, accurate quarterback. He's got some route runners. It's a a good system fit. And then from a run scheme perspective, it's going to be blended, but he's leaned into more wide zone concepts even last year in Denver, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. So I think you're going to see zone rushing. You're going to see West Coast timing throws through the passing game. Now, let's look at the weapons that Aaron Rodgers has at his disposal. We'll start with the wide receivers, and their best offensive weapon, I think, by far is Garrett Wilson. Second-year player, was the rookie, offensive rookie of the year last year, 1,100 receiving yards, and he did that as a rookie with Joe Flacco, Mike White, and Zach Wilson throwing in the football. I mean, Garrett Wilson, is is going to be a superstar if he's not already. Um, very, very talented route runner, really good body control, really good hands and concentration, has yards after catchability, can play inside and outside, just a legit do-everything guy. Now, he's not the biggest receiver, but um, I think that's fine. He's certainly a very shifty guy that knows how to get open and catch the football. He's going to be their guy for a while and, and a player that is going to have some success, right? He's a good football player, and uh, he's the biggest challenge, I think, offensively in terms of a weapon that is presented to the Bills. So get used to Garrett Wilson matching up against the Bills. There are other receivers, I think there's a major drop-off. Obviously, Garrett Wilson sets, sets the bar pretty high, but after him, it's Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard, a, a familiar weapon for Aaron Rodgers. They spent some time together in Green Bay. He's had some injury issues, but this is a, kind of like a Gabe Davis type player, big bodied, size, ball skills, wins down the field, not super twitchy or a big time separator, but he can absolutely go up high point in winning contested situations. So a big bodied physical receiver in Alan Laz- Lazard. And then the depth there, I think, is really McColl Hardman and Randall Cobb. We'll see with McColl Hardman. He's always a player that I think is more exciting than he actually – um, delivers in terms of consistency. I mean, he was with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas city and never really amounted into any level of consistency as a a receiver there. I don't think it's suddenly going to happen for him with the jets. Uh, but he offers a lot of speed and I'm sure there, there's some creative elements that they can tap into with him. And then of course, Randall Cobb, who's always around Aaron Rodgers. I, I mean, certainly not the Randall Cobb of eight, 10 years ago, uh, but a veteran receiver that, uh, Certainly has caught a lot of footballs from Aaron Rodgers. But Garrett Wilson, really the focus of that wide receiver group. Their tight end tandem is a good one. Tyler Conklin, the starter, CJ Uzoma, the backup. They paid some pretty good money to bring these guys in last year. And um, Conklin coming from the Vikings, Uzoma coming from the Bengals. I think it's a really good tandem. Conklin's the 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 more dynamic player, has some some legit athleticism. Uzoma's got a lot of size to him. It's a really good tight end duo. And then at running back, I presume it's going to be Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall as the primary ball carriers. Brees Hall was off to a sensational start to his rookie season. Then he had an ACL tear, what, seven weeks in or something like that. Now he's back and healthy. We'll see how things go, if there's going to be a pitch count or how they want to ramp him up. It seems like there's some messaging that indicates that. But obviously, if he's healthy, he provides a lot of speed and big playability out of the backfield. And, of course, they signed Dalvin Cook, after a great stretch with the Minnesota Vikings, a a veteran running back. I think his last season in Minnesota was underwhelming. If you watched him play, I know that everybody thinks about the long touchdown run against the Bills. Uh, He wasn't touched. I think pretty much any running back in the world would have scored a touchdown on that play. But his rush yards over expectation, his EPA per rush was very, very poor. And if you watch the tape, I thought he was very ordinary. Has a long history of shoulder issues. I know he's kind of coming back off of a shoulder hasn't really been with this offense much throughout the offseason. So I think that there's a lot more hype to that signing than I'm willing to give it credit for. I don't think it moves the needle to me. I think Dalvin Cook is kind of an ordinary player at this stage in his career. But I think in a a role now with the Jets where he's not having to be the guy, like in Minnesota, he was one of those high-volume lead ball carriers with the Jets having Brees Hall, to go with him, a nice young back as well. in Izzy Abanacanda, Michael Carter, they've got some depth there. I don't think that he's going to have to be a 20-touch-a-game guy. I think they can probably get a lot out of him in tandem with Brees Hall. So a potent backfield um, for the New York Jets. But some questions with Brees Hall in his first game back from injury, what type of volume he can command. And, of course, Dalvin Cook's first game with this Jets offense um, after a, a really strange offseason for him. When it comes to the offensive line, I think there's some real questions here. Uh, their left tackle, Dwayne Brown, is an aging player. Um, he's been on the pup list for a lot of this offseason, um, has had a great career. But you just kind of wonder, has, has he kind of come close to that expiration date? We'll see. Their left guard, Lincoln Tomlinson, free agent signing last year. They gave him some pretty big money to come over. From the 49ers. I think he struggled a little bit early on, settled in, and became a solid player for them at left guard. Connor McGovern is back at center. He's been their center for a number of years. Uh, they drafted Joe Titman, who's probably going to succeed him at some point, but he's holding on to that job. I think he's a, a, an average starting caliber center in the NFL. Their right guard is a bright young player in Elijah Vera Tucker, who is coming off of an injury. He missed every game after week seven. Uh, looks like a, a a nice young stud, but it's his first game back from injury. And then the right tackle, makai Becton, who they picked in the first round a few years ago. But he's had some challenges, really hasn't been available over the last two years. Uh, it has been a disappointment. He's getting a chance now to kind of re-energize his career and see what he can do. And obviously, if he can wind up being a hit for them, that would be big. But I think there's a lot of questions as it relates to Beck, Becton. He's a big, monstrous dude. I mean, one of the biggest offensive linemen in the league. A ton of athleticism, a ton of power. But he hasn't been a consistent player when he was on the field, and then he really kind of hasn't played over the last two seasons. So a big question mark at tackle for the Jets. So what are my keys for the Bills' defense against this Jets' offense? Number one, I have written down Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. I mean, we we watched Aaron Rodgers in that one or two preseason theories that he had and it felt like he was just throwing the ball to to Garrett Wilson like crazy that's their best playmaker on offense he's a route runner he's a guy that I think just fits we talked about Nathaniel Hackett West Coast style timing offense good accurate quarterback and Aaron Rodgers these guys are going to be a really dangerous passing duo really dangerous they're going to throw him the football he's going to have I bet you he has over 10 targets and so the key here is obviously you know that I'm a little underwhelmed by the rest of their weapons. And so I think from a Bills key perspective is you try to make other guys beat you in the passing game. Don't be afraid to give a little extra attention to Garrett Wilson and say, you know what, if you're going to dice us up through the air, it's going to be because of Randall Cobb and McCole Hardman and Alan Lazard. And you live with that, but don't let Garrett Wilson go off on you in this first game. He's going to make plays. He's a great player. But how do you limit that the best that you possibly can? Number two, I think you got to have a win when it comes to the edges of the line. Your defensive ends against their offensive tackles. Dwayne Brown, Mackay Becton. Question marks with both of those dudes. You got Leonard Floyd, you got Greg Russo, got AJ Epinesis, Shaq Lawson. These guys have to win that matchup consistently. No, you don't have Von Miller. But you still got a couple of first round, more than a couple of first round picks. You have talent off the edge. Greg Rousseau and Leonard Floyd need to have some big time wins against those players. Number three, I have mix up the looks. This is a new offense. I know that Hackett and Rodgers have time together. Certainly Lazard and Cobb, but everything's got to work together for an offense to take off. New situation, their first game together. You want to mix up your looks and make them continually adjust. The benefit of having continuity offensively is you've seen all the problems that you're going to face, and you have an inventory that you can reference to get yourself out of issues. Well, put them in a position where they have to continually adjust because they're not sure exactly how you're going to play them because you're giving them a ton of looks. And the number four is tackle tackle right that's a key principle of defense but especially against this team in 2021 Hackett Rogers Green Bay MVP season together Rogers enjoyed 5.9 yards after catch per completion fourth most in the NFL the year before in 2021 he got six yards after catch per completion number one in the NFL it's a timing based offense that gets the ball out of Rogers hands into the hands of playmakers and asks them to create you got to make tackles, and that has not been a strength of the Bills in the past. I'm sure they're looking at Tredavious White, who's not historically been a great tackler, and they'd love to put Garrett Wilson in situations where Trey White has to tackle. The Bills' success on defense will largely be rooted in their ability to consistently tackle. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to talk about the Bills' offense against the Jets defense a defense that frustrated them like crazy last year but first I need to tell you about prize picks prize picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America and is easily the most exciting way to play DFS the format it's awesome it's just you versus the numbers it's not you versus thousands of other players including pros including sharks all you do is you select two or more players. You pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. That's it. It doesn't take long. Picks can be made in just a minute or so, and it's so much fun. And, and the withdrawals, they they come super quick. So check it out. I love to make sure that when I'm going to watch a football game, I have a prize picks entry locked in, and just makes watching football that much more fun. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy made easy. The defensive coordinator for the Jets is Jeff Ulbrich, 46 years old. It's his third season with the Jets. Prior to that, he was the Falcons linebackers coach from 2015 to 2020. Runs a base 4-3 defense zone coverage. That's, I mean, not a lot of exotic stuff, but they do it well. Really, really good unit last year that improved drastically. Their first season, Sala and Ulbrick with the Jets in 2021, dead last in scoring, dead last in total defense. It was it was literally the worst defense in the history of the New York Jets. Fast forward one season in 2022, and they're top five in scoring defense, or top five in total yards. And boy did they give the bills a lot of trouble. Let me give you some numbers of the bills against the jets last year on average in two games and then the other 14 games that they played. So in two games against the jets in 2022, the bills averaged 18 and a half points per game. And the other 14 games, 29.9. So 18 and a half points to 30 points per game. Passing yards against the jets, 157 yards. The other 14 games, 273 rushing yards against the Jets, 118. The other 14 games, they averaged 143 rushing yards per game. Total yards, 275 against the Jets. Against everyone else, 415. Third down conversion percentage against the Jets, 38% against the other 14 teams they played, 53.2%. This defense frustrated the Bills. Now, I think part of what makes them so successful as a defense, and we're going to get into this more, but is their ability to pressure the quarterback without ever having to blitz. In 2022, they had the lowest blitz rate in the entire NFL, but the third highest pressure rate. That's huge. When you can drop seven in coverage, there's just not a lot of space to to slot throws. Seven in coverage, you're you're only putting four or five guys into routes at most. you got seven covering them. Meanwhile, you're actually getting pressure with four. It's a tough deal. When you can get pressure on quarterbacks without having to blitz, it is hard. And the Jets do a great job of that. Let's talk about their personnel and then my keys. Their defensive line, their edge rushers, Carl Lawson, John Franklin, Myers, the starters, Good players. I don't think either one of them is an elite player, but they're above average starters. John Franklin Myers, a powerful player, plays the run, compression-style rusher, Carl Lawson, another balanced player. And then they got good depth. Michael Clemens, a draft pick from last year who was a later pick, winds up being really good, better than the first-round pick that they had, Jermaine Johnson. So if you're looking for a Christian Benford, uh, Kyer Elam dynamic, the, the Jets might have that in Michael Clemens and, and Jermaine Johnson. And then Will McDonald, They they – they invested another pick, a top 20 pick this past year, their rookie first-round pick in Will McDonald. So they're real serious about this edge rush. A good group, a deep group, a lot of talent, a lot of, a lot of versatility, good size, some dense frames in there. And then you got Will McDonald, who's got some leanness to him, some bursts and some bends. So I like the makeup of their edge rushers. Defensive tackle, Quinn and Williams, I mean, one of the best two or three defensive tackles in the game. Rushes the passer. I think he had like 12 and a half sacks last year. So, obviously, a big, big challenge for Connor McGovern, Mitch Morse, and Osiris Torrance there in his first start. Other defensive tackles, L. Woods, that's the big bodied nose tackle type, came over from Seattle. Um, nice player. Quentin Jefferson, you guys know him. He used to play for the Bills for one season, a better pass rusher than he is run defender, but he's also um, a guy that. Um, when he was in Buffalo, had to play a lot of one technique and that's not really what suits him well. So Quentin Jefferson, I think is a nice complementary player to what the jets have. And then Solomon Thomas, who's, um, guy that really profiles, maybe more body type wise as a defensive end, but he's a high energy player that has athleticism that they reduce and in play inside as an inside player at linebacker, CJ Mosley, Quincy Williams, CJ Mosley, veteran, um, You know, got off to a rough start there with the Jets, but over the last couple of years, he's settled in and kind of refound his form, particularly last year. It's a good defense for linebackers, and, you know, you think about Fred Warner and and Drake Greenlaw with the Jets or with the 49ers under Sala. C.J. Mosley's kind of really coming along nicely. Quincy Williams, an extremely athletic player, matchup-type guy, right? That's their Matt Milano-type player. He's a good one. At corner, they got that Sauce Gardner guy that uh, has certainly – very quickly become one of the best corners in the entire NFL. I think you're going to hear a lot about, While he's very grabby. He is very grabby, uh, but he's also very good in coverage. So I think both things can be true. You can sit there and try to diminish him all you want and say he's physical and grabby and gets away with a lot, which is true. But dude's also a really good cornerback that stays in phase, stays leverage, and is tough to complete passes on. I mean, nobody really had much success against him last year. They have a really good CB2 in DJ Reed, who's a bit more of a veteran. He's certainly. Been quite uh, vocal about how good he thinks the Jets' defense can be this year, comparing them to like the 85 Bears. We'll see. Uh, But he's a really solid CB2. And then their slot player is Michael Carter, who I think is a really solid slot player. So just quality players there at corner. And then a nice safety tandem. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, I think, is the best player they have at safety. Really good tackling safety. That's one of my things that I really appreciate about him. Flies around in, in his physical and tackles. And then Tony Adams. Tony Adams was not the scheduled starter. Uh, They had an injury, uh, and then they signed Adrian Amos, but Tony Adams winds up being the starter. I guess he's their worst starter on defense, but it's a really good group all in all. So what are my keys for the Bills on offense against this Jets defense? Number one, stay patient on offense. Stay patient. And I think that's part of why the first two things that I'm going to say here, let me kind of just blend this together because I think this, when I ask myself why did the Jets – have so much success against the Bills last year on defense. It's my first two keys. Number one, stay patient on offense. Number two is use the slot. The Jets are a team that really don't want to give you big plays. They want to take away explosive plays. And, of course, the Bills last year, as we know, really wanted to create explosive plays. And so by doing that, you're kind of leaning into what they want you to do. And I think against the Jets, the Bills absence of a true threat in the slot hurt them the most right that route running quick separation middle of the field not having that guy hurt them the most against the Jets and so my first two keys stay patient on offense be willing to take what they give you you don't be chasing big plays against the Jets don't be chasing those big plays against the Jets take what they give you lull them to sleep, and then set up your explosives. Stay patient on offense and use the slot. You have Dalton Kincaid. You have Trent Shurfield. You have Deontay Hardy. You have Stephon Diggs, who you can motion into the slot and play Trent Shurfield on the outside. Use that slot against the Jets. Critical in this matchup. So stay patient. Use the slot. Number three, do not be afraid to mix in the run game. The Jets, D, for as good as they were last year, very average against the run. Very average. Don't be afraid to run it. You got James Cook. You got Latavius Murray. You got Damian Harris. Feed those guys a little bit. I know you want Josh Allen to go out and throw the ball and produce plays and all that stuff. This might be a game where you lean into the rushing offense a little bit more. Number four, and Williams. Enough said. One of the premier defensive linemen in the NFL going up against Connor McGovern, who has some type of injury that he's still kind of working through. And Osiris Torrance, first NFL start. So, guys' first ever game with the Bills and Conor McGovern, who's not fully healthy, and Osiris Torrance, a rookie. You better have a plan to deal with that guy. And then, number five is take care of the football. Take care of the football. This isn't the game where you want to give the Jets extra possessions. You know, points. We'll see how many points are scored in this game, but you just don't want to shoot yourself in the foot. If you remember that one game against the Jets, just two really goofy interceptions thrown by Josh Allen. Can't have it can't have it. You got to take care of the football. I think if either team turns the ball over twice, it's it's going to be trouble. You want to have one or fewer turnovers in this game, preferably zero. Real quick on special teams or kickers, a good one. Well, eh, he's, he's average. Greg Zerline, 35 years old, has been a low 80% kicker the last three seasons. He's going to make the short ones. If you can get him to some of those longer attempts, I think that's where he's going to struggle uh, as an aging kicker but he, he, low 80% is where he's been in terms of field goals made over the last three years. Their punter, uh, Thomas Morstead, he's a stud. He's an older punter, but he's excellent. Uh, he was with the Dolphins last year. If you remember some of those games, he really gave them some really good field position with his ability to punt. So an outstanding veteran punter there in Thomas Morstead, their kick returner and punt returner uh, scheduled to be Nicole Hardman. He's fast, but he is not immune to mistakes. If you remember last year against the Bills, or against Kansas city, when the bills played them, he had a muff. And I think he's got a fairly high muff rate for his career. So he's got some explosiveness, but he's also got, it's got some ball handling issues and even some decision-making issues. So a high variance returner, uh, and Nicole Hardman. So there you have it. That's the jets. That's, that's the team. They, those are my keys for the game. And, um, hopefully you enjoyed this, uh, this primer and you feel ready to go when it comes to this Monday night matchup bills versus jets. Now, we're not done talking about this game. Our next podcast, um, I'll drop over the weekend, probably probably on Sunday night, maybe. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but it will be in your podcast feeds for you before Monday, so you can listen to it at your convenience, whether it's Sunday or Monday, as you get ready for Monday Night Football. But you'll get my final thoughts, and I have something that I'm excited to talk about there. I've already kind of built out that segment. We'll get into injuries. Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills is going to be here to talk about the Bills' health and, and any injuries going into the game. And then, of course, my five predictions uh, for the game. I always give um, a handful of predictions uh, based on the way I think things are going to go. And then, of course, the outcome of the game. So all of that's still coming your way here on Locked On Bills. Don't miss anything. Make sure that you're subscribed. would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again real soon.